The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of chriscooper.co.uk and a wonderful pleasure to be back with you again for another week. And this week we're going to talk about dealing with change with Jonathan Wignant, the CEO and founder of Big Speak. And before we look at today's show, though, I would like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Anthony Spears, the telephone assassin, I love that name, who helped us to understand how best to engage with potential prospects over the phone. If, you, if you're interested in, in engaging with people over the phone and you've not heard that show, I would recommend it. This week um, has been a week of uh, lots of change uh, and diversity for me. I had the pleasure to pre-record a show this week with Patricia Fripp. I'd like to say the Patricia Fripp. Um, Patricia is an award-winning keynote speaker and sales presentations expert. And this show will be aired on the 20th of February. And if you check out my, the website of my guest today, uh, Jonathan Wignant at BigSpeak.com, you'll find Patricia on there as uh, she's one of the incredible range of star speakers that, uh, that uh, Jonathan has um, within his uh, business world. So it's a small world. I've also ran an elevation program for a team of IT professionals this week, generated lots of change ideas. Um, I spent uh, time with a, on a strategic project with a board. I've even been with the fire service this week, meeting a new friend, Andrew Brody. And, and through all of these conversations, they've all involved dealing with change. What I do know is engaging people to buy in to and deliver change can be one of the most challenging tasks you face in your business. It is a role that is crucial to the success of business today. So we're going to discover today how best to deal with people such that they actively and positively help you to deliver the change that you need. My guest, Jonathan Wignant, has not only engaged and delivered significant change, but he's got an unparalleled personal network of thought leaders to derive examples from. He's the founder of Big Speak, the CEO and founder, one of the largest business-orientated speakers bureaus in North America, focused on serving the Fortune 1000 and multinational companies worldwide. Now, Big Speak addresses the needs of corporations, associations, nonprofits, and government agencies by providing motivational speakers, thought leaders, and subject matter experts, as well as facilitating strategic change initiatives and executive development programs through Big Speak Consulting. Jonathan has more than 30 years of personal hands-on business experience and extensive, done extensive research into the best practices of visionary leaders and successful companies. His expertise in understanding clients' needs and matching them with speakers, trainers, and uh, delivering messages and supporting lasting positive organizational change. So a big welcome to Jonathan Wignant from California. Hey, Rob. Uh, 
Good day. And first of all, I want to say that uh, my last name is Wygant, not Wignant. So it's W-Y-G-A-N-T, Wygant. Wygant. I do apologize. That's no, no problem, because it was spelled both ways on the script here, and uh, but it's Wygant. So Wygant. it's great to be with you and uh, looking forward to our time together. Lovely. In the UK, they call that a schoolboy <laughs> error. That's okay. We're always learning, right? We are indeed. <laughs> I don't. I kind of think 150 shows this is today, and I kind of think um, you know it should be almost mistakeless. So I do apologise for that. No problem. But pleasure to speak to you, um, Jonathan. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background and maybe you know what your childhood was like and you know how it inspired you to be interested in change and develop? Well, my background. This is. This, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on first of all on the business. This is my second business. My first business was an international giftware company, Iris Arc Crystal. Uh, we were the chief competitor to Swarovski uh, in the United States. Um, ran that, uh, founded, co-founded, and uh, was the CEO of that firm. Did that for twenty years. Um, we had accounts all over the world. Had five thousand accounts uh, in the United States. Uh, showrooms in uh, virtually every major city, 120 sales reps on the road, and roughly 120 employees that were making uh, crystal figurines, crystal paperweights, jewelry, and the windows, of course, the window prisms that cast the rainbows uh, that uh, everybody to this day still loves. So that was my first business experience and started out basically knowing nothing and just bootstrapped the company into um, uh, a company that was doing $10 million, uh, in retail with uh, over, as I mentioned, over 5,000 accounts um, throughout the uh, North America. Wow, but what, I mean, what was life like for you before that, though? I mean, to go and do something like that is significant. Were you, did, you, did, you, did you have a, a family background that were uh, successful business people? Were you in that environment? or? Well, I think, a um, bit of an anomaly. I think uh, maybe a, a couple of generations, two or three generations back, there might have been an entrepreneur because I remember one of my uncles giving me a, a beautiful gold watch saying, I'm giving it to you because your 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 great-grandfather was an entrepreneur and you're the one who's most <clears throat> emulated what he did with his life. So, um, But my dad was an engineer. Um, and my grandfather, one of my grandfathers was a rancher slash farmer in the San Joaquin Valley, and the other was a, a distinguished naval uh, captain who had a, uh, a battleship command <clears throat> just prior to World War II. So um, not a whole lot of business background, but um, I think it's the fact that I'm a very, very creative person that um, and always um, thinking, if you will, out of the box that... Uh, uh, I decided I, I wanted to create a company, and fortunately, I had the persistence to keep, keep, uh, keep with it and, and make, uh, make first, my first business and now my second business successful. Wonderful. And what, and what inspired you to create Big Speak? Well, it's an interesting story. Um, in my first business, we uh, provided personal growth trainings for our employees. It was something called Insight, and that Training still goes on, Insight uh, Seminars based in Santa Monica, California. Mm. And it's a personal growth training <clears throat> that's primarily focused around taking uh, personal responsibility uh, for your life and uh, letting the blame game go and realize that you're either creating, promoting, or allowing 
everything that's going on in your life. And uh, once you kind of get that, then um, you realize, hey, if I'm going to make, if, if there's a problem, I'm going to take care of it and or create something different. And so in our first company, we had a lot of employees go through this and come back very empowered. Um, so um, I'm, after I'd sold my first company, I was actually up at a personal growth uh, center called Esalen on the Big Sur Coast, which is a beautiful personal growth center. And, and uh, I was gifted with a vision while I was taking a workshop there of putting the finest, <clears throat> if you will, transformational educators under one umbrella and letting those educators educate and my company um, market. And that was the initial vision that I was gifted with. And uh, I had the wit to go, wow, I'm going to follow through on that. And the woman who was actually leading the workshop I was uh, taking, Joan Borisenko, who's one of the top uh, body, mind, spirit experts, she just looked at me when I shared this vision I'd had and while I was sleeping the night before. And she just looked at me and said, I want to be the first person you represent. And uh, I'm going to connect you with people who work with integrity and heart. And um, within a month, I had the addresses of Deepak Chopra and John Gray and a host of other um, fabulous um, personal growth experts. And so it started out in the personal growth side, but over time, it's morphed very much into the business sector. And our focus is providing business experts to organizations, corporations, uh, around the world, and currently we're working with over two-thirds of the Fortune 1000. Fabulous. And, and you mentioned there about persistence, that you always had persistent, persistence, but to create something like you have, you know, there must have been some, some big challenges, some rocks on the road on that journey. Can I imagine it involved a lot of change. How did well, you, you know, build the confidence to keep things moving forward? Well, I think you know, my first business was actually made money from the very get-go. <clears throat> the first time I sold a crystal, you know, I bought it for <clears throat> $5 and I sent it, sold it for $10. It was very simple and easy, um, at least to get money flowing. The, the development of the company was a good deal more complicated. Um, but the second business, it was selling an intangible, um, somebody coming in and giving a talk. Um, and I didn't even have a um, a product yet. So I had to reach out to all these different folks that we now represent, convince them that uh, they should come under our banner and that we would do good things for them and bring them business. So it was, uh, it took several years, I'd say three or four years before the business really started to make any money. And it was every day I had to just realize I had to move the ball forward a little bit up the field. And uh, as long as I did that, I was happy. And fortunately, I've got a long suit in in persistence um, and just doing what needed to be done. And then it took off. After about five years, the business just really took off and it's been growing beautifully um, ever since. Wonderful. I think that yeah, yeah that, that principle there is uh, is so important, isn't it, of, uh, of seeing what needs to be done and getting it done. I remember interviewing Dr. Ivan Meisner on the show, and it uh, who's just written written the forward to my my book actually on getting things done. And you know, he said that you know, had some research they did in successful and less much less successful people. They all understood the success principles, but actually, it was 
the difference was is that uh, the successful ones got the things done that the least successful th- people wouldn't. Um, so it, it, what you described there is, uh, is is essential, isn't it? Well, good ideas are all over the place, but you know, having the ability to to execute and persist and get go through those difficult times and those difficult days, um, I think that's the most critical skill to success in in life, quite frankly. And, and you've um, you you mentioned to me that you in your services go beyond booking speakers. That there's there's more now as part of your your sort of yes. Yeah, and we started out <clears throat> we started out booking speak you know keynote speeches for conferences primarily and retreats etc. But um, over time, we found that what really is uh, important is having coaching training. Um, and consulting post a keynote because a, a, a great keynote can really inspire people, but with all the you know the fast pace of business, um, people tend to fall back to doing what they've always done. We we default. We all have you know what I call behavioral inertias in place, and in order for a new behavior to come into place, you usually have to extinguish the old behavior, and then really practice the new behavior in order for that to, to take root, embed, and then become part of um, that your, your habit patterns. So it's actually when you're dealing with adult learners, there's usually some behavior that needs to be extinguished in order for a new behavior, a more positive behavior, um, whether that's in sales, whether that's in you know, innovating, whether that's in working with teams or being a better leader, all of those, uh, those factors are in play. Make, makes sense. Uh makes massive sense, uh, doesn't it? I think you're obviously right. You, you see a, a great speaker speak and people come away with lots of ideas, but actually you've got to follow through on them. And sometimes you need some help to make sure you uh, you keep uh, adopting yeah, so, that. So kind of how we do that is, is we encourage all of our clients, if they're not already thinking about a breakout session, it's like, okay, let's have, let's take, instead of just take an hour for a good talk, which gets people kind of fired up, Let's do an hour talk. Let's have a break, a cup of coffee, uh, and then come back and, and let's do a, another hour or hour and a half of, uh, of a breakout session where um, the folks uh, who are attending roll up their sleeves and actually bring issues that they're faced with you know, day-to-day at their workplace and apply the new principles, the new methodologies to, to uh, important issues that they're working on and get make some actual progress right then. So it becomes more of an experiential learning rather than just a cognitive awareness. Great. So that's, uh, I guess that's an example of change, isn't it? And uh, mm-hmm. do you have a definition for how you define change? Well, um, I don't know if I... Hello? Being... Um, super specific, but I, it's taking a you know a new behavior that actually creates success. You know, a, su- a successful change is something that yields a better result, and um, I would I would say that's probably the the simplest <laughs> one that I'm thinking of in the moment. And we've got just a couple of minutes now till we go to commercial break, but I, I just wonder what problems you see for your clients when it comes to you know, dealing with change in their organizations. Well, um, <clears throat> I think one of the problems is that a lot of folks um, 
there's what 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 is deemed flavor of the month. Uh, there's another another um, process that uh, that the boss wants me to to do, and um, it, that tends to to roll over every month or every quarter. There's something new. So if you really want to make a a real change take place in an organization, there needs to be commitment from the top, and there needs to be a vision behind it, and you need to explain to people the why of why are we making this change and also what's in it for the individual, specifically the teams and the organization. It's like, how is it going to be a win for everybody? And specifically, how is it going to be a win for me as the individual? Uh, and whether that would be in terms of ease of doing the work, greater productivity, or, hey, I'm going to be rewarded better for this change that's taking place. Yeah, we're, we're in this uh, this country at the moment, uh, kind of in a bit of a time of austerity and budgets are being cut uh, across uh, particularly the public sector. And, uh, and we, we got a guest on a couple of weeks ago and his, his authority losing sort of 30 million pounds from their budgets. And you know, those sorts of, when change happens like that, that can be quite quite challenging, can't it? Oh, well, you know, here in the US, we, we went through that well, I think it was worldwide, but certainly in North America and the U.S. <clears throat> back in 08, 09, it was devastating. Um, uh, corporations just cut their 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 training. You know, they weren't hiring key- keynote speakers. They weren't doing training. Um, our sales dropped off 65% in the first half of 2009. Wow. It was devastating. So, um, but a lot of smart companies... Uh, realized, hey, in this time when when the economy's contracting and we're in a recession, now's actually a good time to invest in innovation in some new things. And um, so we can come out of this recession further ahead. So um, slowly but surely the business began to come back, but it was it was it was uh, a lot of companies were really doubling down specifically on the topic of how do we innovate better? Yeah. We're going to go to commercial break now. We're going to be back again in just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to start to move into um, you know, some of the things that we can do to really help people to buy into change and, and deliver it. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. Great. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Jonathan Weigand, the CEO and founder of Big Speak, and we're talking about dealing with change. And I wonder, Jonathan, how do you recommend that people get their teams to buy into change? Well, this is an interesting process, and I've I've uh, done a fair amount of this in both of my companies, and have helped uh, a, a good number of other organizations um, with their change efforts. I think the most important thing is to really have a a great vision of what you see and um, what needs to be done. And I think in order to get a team involved, one of the most important things is to do what's called a SWOT analysis, which are looking at your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and do a rigorous uh, analysis of of exactly where are we as an organization. And um, usually when that's done, it, it, it reveals a lot about, hey, well, what we what we need to be doing, and it also creates a sense of urgency. Uh, John Cotter, uh, the professor um, from Harvard Business School, noted expert on change, uh, has written a book on the eight steps to change, and the, the first one, the first step that's the most important is creating that urgency, creating some fire, getting people emotionally involved, and you know, actually involving people in the development of where we're going is important. So leader has some ideas, but getting your team together and having a um, facilitated uh, session around, first of all, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and then developing a game plan of, okay, well, what do we need to do to, to meet the, the puck up the ice, to use that um, metaphor, <clears throat> and engaging everybody in the creation of the vision and a strong leader uh, asks a lot of Socratic questions and draws out from people their knowledge and usually what happens is the the collective um, idea of what we all need to do together is is stronger than what the leader himself or herself would have said hey we we need to do and now everybody's engaged because it's it's now our um, it's our uh, engagement. It's our effort. It's our, our change. So um, that's in a in a in a brief way how I um, feel. It's you can gain the um, the involvement and the participation and the passion of your people. Uh, do you have uh, one of the things that just came to my mind while you were saying that was uh, um, you know you'll be you'll be the same as you know me. Sometimes we're kind of involved with organizations and. There are some things which 
we can't share widely and, and only a, a limited number of people uh, can better be involved in that process because things might be sensitive. It might be the closure of something or it could be redundancies or or something um, that might be sensitive or not in the public domain. Have you, do you have a view on how much you should share with people? Um, do you err on the side of caution or, or do you trust that people will you know, res- behave responsibly with that information? Well, I think most of the time people know a, a whole lot more than, than you think they know. Yeah. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the informal uh, communication channels in, 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 in companies are very, very strong. And um, <clears throat> though something formally may not have been announced, you know, people talk around the water cooler. They talk over, you know, a Guinness <laughs> and uh, they, uh, um, I think there's a lot, I think it's, I think it's better to err on the side of transparency and um, I think you gain respect by that. Obviously you don't, you know, share things that are, you know, going to be detrimental to somebody's career or some, somebody in particular, but um, being transparent as to what the what's really going on or some of the, the real problems because unless unless the group and the organization really is um, aware of and accepting of what is as good, bad, or ugly as that is, there's there's no way for change to take place. So you gotta accept what is and from that place of of okay, here's where here's what is. You know, our sales are off or hey, this new product line is a disaster whatever that may be, let's, let's start from the, the bedrock of truth and build from there. Mm. And I think um, what you're saying there about erring on the side of transparency, if, uh, what, what I've certainly seen happen is if, if people aren't uh, you know, being fairly open and, and involving people, there's all sorts of stories that are being generated about what might be happening and sometimes they're absolute nonsense. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, people have very vivid imaginations, and they usually uh, err on the side of negativity. Yes. Negativity, um, unless unless truth is is in the marketplace, negativity tends to to creep in a lot. And you, to to your point, you don't want that to happen. Mm. I was working with one company, and it was just fascinating. The the, the board didn't didn't know they were doing it, but um, when they walked into the into the boardroom or came out for a break, they would usually go in with their sort of shoulders slumped over and not looking very happy. And actually what was going on in that board meeting was really quite positive, but, but people were making assumptions about what was happening just by observing them going in and out. Mm-hmm. So the body language is quite important too. Indeed. <clears throat> Everything's important. And, you know, uh, like uh, it's, it's important when you're, building something or you have a new vision of, of the change that you want to make, you got to be like Steve Jobs and you got to continually communicate it, continually uh, let people know where we're going, why we're doing it, and how important your involvement in that is. Mm. What, um, what personal style would you recommend leaders adopt to effectively push through change and, and overcome obstacles? Uh, well, you know, positive to your point of what you just made, positivity. Um, there, that's that goes a long way. It's you know engaging your team, having a, a clear vision, showing up and demonstrating the, you know, the behaviors, the 
the the habits that you'd like to see the the you've got to make sure your 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 senior team is really locked into um, the change that that you want to uh, you want to have occur, and then con- continually communicating that and engaging uh, team members um, in in creating the urgency, getting some wins around whatever that change is, then communicating those wins. Hey, we we, get, we accomplished this. Make sure people know that this isn't the flavor of the month. This isn't something that you're giving up on. That this is the way we are moving forward. This is what the new um, company is doing. This is where we're going. This is um, not something that's going to just be a passing fancy. Mm. And align, you know, rewards and recognition and compensation to um, whatever the outcomes that you would like to see with this uh, change effort. You obviously met loads and loads of people. Do you you have any anybody or any favorite example of dealing with change that uh, that really resonates and has impressed you well i would i would i would just say that um um <clears throat> one of the uh, there's a couple resources that um that we represent that i'd like to to mention to to your um uh, the folks that listen to your show one is a, a gentleman um named p paulu fry and um he um is an emotional intelligence expert and um his uh his latest book um, is is fabulous, uh, and it's called Performing Under Pressure. And um, particularly one of the things that uh, when he came to our office and spoke to us that really meant a lot to my entire team um, was the fact that most of us are very comfortable communicating a about 93% of the things that are going on, but there's usually 7%, which are those difficult conversations, the mm-hmm. things that are really make uh, us uncomfortable and make other people uncomfortable, but it's really where the rubber meets the road and what really needs to be communicated. And uh, if, if there were one thing that, that he emphasizes is developing the ability to have the difficult conversations, you know, biting the bullet and sitting down and talking about um, issues that are uncomfortable but are very high leverage in terms of of moving the needle on um, being a better leader, uh, on being um, a better performer in general uh, in in your organization. So um, that's one resource that's fabulous. Um, Another uh, would be a fellow named Tom Flick who works with John Cotter. Tom Flick's a former uh, NFL quarterback and um, he is an expert on change and works with many organizations that we put them into on leadership issues and change issues and <clears throat> basically walking organizations through the the um, John Cotter model of the eight um, eight uh, steps to change. Um, e- excellent. Well, that'll be um, I'll be going on to Amazon and ordering that as soon as we we finished. I'm quite enjoying, I don't know if you've read it, I'm enjoying it at the moment, I'm about halfway through Creativity Inc., Ed Catmull, the founder of Pixar. Oh, wow. I don't know if you know Ed, but I think that's, um, you know, there's some you know, some different thinking in that book, you know, it, it's well worth it, sort of in leading leading people in a creative environment, It's uh, and Steve Jobs is obviously mentioned in that as well. Mm-hmm. I recommend mm-hmm. that as a very interesting read. Um, so I just... Um, 
you know, do you, do you recommend that people deliver change with pace or should they move forward cautiously, do you think, to get the delivery right? Well, um, hmm. I think you need to obviously plan things. They say, you know, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So I think having a, a well-thought-out plan developed with your team is, is key. <clears throat> but then um, it's once that plan has been um, developed and rigorously, you know, um, looked at, I think it's pedal to the metal. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, in fact, in my last, uh, in my last company, one my employees put a gas pedal onto a, a plaque and, you know, Jonathan pedal to the metal of Wigand. So I'm somebody who likes to err on the side of let's get it done and let's get it done now. So, um, and, and, and in this world where everything seems to be going faster and faster and faster, that, um, I think is is great, and obviously you you need to keep checking in. Hey, how are we doing? Are we you know is this successful? Are we are we moving in the right direction? Are we getting the results that uh, that uh, we're most interested in? Mm. And one of the again, just one thing that's coming to my mind. I'm involved myself in a very significant change program at the moment. It's a major. It's a major development involving construction, and um, and one of the sort of things that uh, is quite interesting is you know coming together when something is quite complex uh, and requires a lot of change, coming together with a, a consistent view. Uh, I wonder if you've got any sort of thoughts on how how do you get that alignment so that you do have consistency in terms of what's needed, and then you can put your foot to the floor. Well, I think it's it's. Really taking the time to see what's what each person who's a key player in this, you know, what is what's in it for them. What yeah. garnering their their true input and um, using the Socratic method, asking a lot of questions and really seeing what what makes a person tick um, and what makes them tick in their particular uh, their particular position and. Um, Seeing if they've got any any doubts or fears or whatever, and then going in and actually you know discussing those and and making sure to to kind of clear anything out that needs to be cleared out, or if they're not able to to buy into the change, maybe it's time that they, you know, they move on and uh, to a different organization. Do you have any? Um, uh, we just got three minutes till break now, but do you have any tools and techniques that you might? you recommend people apply? I mean, you mentioned John Carter's eight steps, for example. Do you have anything that you refer people to? Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, basically, you know, his eight steps are, you know, the first one is that I already mentioned, which is creating a sense of urgency and making sure that people through that SWOT analysis know that, hey, we need to be moving the dime here, um, moving the needle. Um, Form... The second step is basically forming a, uh, a coalition of folks who really get it and who are going to be the real leaders and the people who have passion and they're going to they're going to make this change um, happen. Step three is is the, is what's that vision? Um, what's the why? Um, and make sure that everybody knows what the vision is and where we're going. 
um, and and then reinforces that. That step four is basically reinforcing and communicating that vision as many times as possible at whatever levels in the organization you need to. And step five is removing obstacles, and that could be people. Um, it it could be um, uh, anybody who might be you know resistant to the change, and then making sure you've got you know rewards um, in place for people making you know new be new behaviors, new new moving toward the the uh, objective of the change, and then uh, create some short term wins. And once those short term wins take place, make sure they get celebrated and recognized in a very public way so people go, oh, wow, this is cool. This is happening. People are making money. We're making this. This is working. And um, the the seventh step would be, you know, building on that. And after every win, you know, look at what went right, what went wrong, and what do we need to change to keep on track. And then the last one is then anchoring the changes in the corporate culture and, you know, Make sure that the success stories that have that have happened along the way are communicated um, frequently, and um, that continual reinforcement of the new values um, are, are are communicated, and it's also reflected in in the hiring and and training of new people coming into the organization, so that it becomes embedded uh, in the culture uh, of the organization. Wonderful. That's a that's a really helpful uh, list of uh, eight steps there. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. So um, we're just going to go to our final commercial break. And after the break, we're going to look at, uh, at um, a little bit more about change. But I also want to uh, understand a little bit more about what, uh, what Jonathan has learned and uh, through this amazing network and amazing business that he's created. So uh, join us in just another couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Jonathan Wynum. We're talking about dealing with change. And um, jo- Jonathan, uh, you shared a, a wonderful eight steps there just before the break. And, and one of the you know, thoughts I've got in my mind is around you know, behaviors of people. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on you know, how best to you know, shift the behavior in high-performance individuals. Um, and I love that thing about the, the gas pedal. With, with you, you like to move very quick. And sometimes that you know, can have uh, a bit of resistance, even in those people of great capability. Well, um, one of the things that can, can help to, to shift that, <clears throat> and uh, we're doing a lot of business with a gentleman named uh, Marshall Goldsmith and another gentleman named Bill Hawkins, and they're both uh, very high-level executive coaches. They tend to um, work with very high-level folks who are either CEOs or very senior uh, leaders. And the process is one of <clears throat> actually going to the individual who um, may be resistant or may have an area that needs to improve and, and interviewing them about um, what they'd like to change. At the same time, interviewing their boss, their peers, and some direct reports and finding out how, how is this person showing up. This is what's called a 360. Yes. Um, and it's a basically a view. And then the information is, is um, brought together and presented to the individual. This is, here's some of the things that you've thought you might be able to improve. Here's some feedback about where you're doing great and where you might improve based on the, the folks who are in your environment, who are part of your peer group, your direct reports, et cetera. And then from that, they would select uh, one or two things that they felt were important. Um, and then their boss, or if they are the boss, then they, you know, they get, you know, if they're a CEO, they, they pick one or two things. And then six or 12 months later, after being coached by um, Bill Hawkins or Marshall Goldsmith or one of the others, um, then uh, the opportunity is for them to um, see how, how their behavior is six months, 12 months later. And um, nearly always there's a, a significant uh, Im- improvement um, based on the fact that they've bought in. And I think what's really important in the coaching model is that the, the person has to really want to change. And if they do, um, it's, uh, it's very rewarding for them and it's very rewarding for team members. And um, we've done this at the, at the Heartland Funds, which is a, a value-centered um, uh, investment company in the United States and been running, a, I think, going on a f- five years of coaching with them and their senior team with significant uh, Im, Im improvements on all levels with the, uh, the executives uh, in that firm. Mm. And that, you know, that sort of 
360ing, and if it's done and, and done and facilitated professionally, it can create a you know a real kind of much more transparency and openness and preparedness to share things like uh, you know weaknesses openly. Whereas, in- well, yeah, especially if it's all done so that no nobody is uh, no it's it's done with confidentiality. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it's not something where people are put on the spot, but they realize that. Everybody must improve their game, and I think coaching is is very very popular now. It's you know, professional athletes have had coaches for years, and now it's becoming much more uh, of a a common thing for executives to have coaches. Why not? Hey, I'm I'm good, but I want to get better. If I'm number ten in the world in tennis, I want to become number one. I'm not going to do that just wishing and hoping. I'm going to need to do some things differently. I'm going to need to change some attitudes. I'm going to need to change the way I stroke the ball. I'm going to need to develop different strategies of how I play my game. And the same metaphor applies to business folks as well. What do you think are the characteristics? You've got some incredible people in your network, and people look at your at uh, your site at bigspeak.com. They'll see people on there like Richard Branson and Patricia Fripp and Marshall Goldsmith and Bill Hawkins and. Uh, you know, what um, do you think are the characteristics and qualities that you've seen of people who really are great change makers? Well, I, I think it's, uh, you can't get around hard work. Gotta have a, you, you know, first and foremost, have a vision. Do the work to, to improve yourself. You know, I'm, I'm a big, big advocate of, of personal growth, um, professional growth and personal growth. How am I showing up uh, in the world? Um, am, am I the kind of person that is developing my ability to listen? <clears throat> am I somebody who keeps confidence? Am I somebody who uh, is encouraging to myself and to my team members? Um, am I somebody who encourages the involvement of everybody in the decision-making so that um, – People are engaged and uh, aren't just um, being told what to do, but they're part of the the creation of the drive of the initiative of the of the <clears throat> the change that there's uh, um, always going to be change. I mean, if you're not changing, you're dead. So, you know, what's the old saying? When you're if you're green, you're growing. You know, if you're ripe, you rot. So. Um, Keep having a good look and know know thyself is uh, I think it was Socrates said. Yeah, and we're in, uh, couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, what have you learned about change from your network and anything that's really really inspired you? Wow, what have I learned about change. Um, just that it's getting faster and faster. Um, that you've got to stay on your game, you got to be really open, um, and you got to continually modify um, your plan because um, you know, there used to be when I first started my career, you used to do a five or a ten year plan. Well, now I think you're lucky if you got a you know a year plan, and you know you go halfway through the year and wow. Here's this disruptive innovation that's happened that's you know coming on my flank here. We better really change <clears throat> what we're doing. So it's 
it's it's it's shape shifting and it's it's being able to to move um, fast and, and and quickly and to really be aware of what what are my clients real needs asking those deepening questions I'm, I'm a big big advocate of asking um, questions that find out what what's beating in the heart of of my my clients and then making sure I'm speaking to their needs not about the benefits of my product or my service more what what is it that you need and then how can we secondarily help you once I've really done the deepening questions that find out where your pain points are so that we can do a good fit of finding a solution for you. As a a major speaker booking agency, I'm also, you know, sort of consciously interested in uh, asking the question for anyone who's listening and is wondering, well, what are the things that you must do to uh, to make change um, in, in in yourself to become you know a highly booked speaker like some of the people that you have in your network? Well, be relevant. <laughs> be um, have a have a subject that uh, organizations are willing to pay for. Have a really great video. In other words, once you've delivered a great speech with passion, with points of you know what you what that audience can implement the next day when they're back at work. Um, getting two or three video clips that are um, tight, enthusiastic, and really representational. Um, and probably the most important is to to be published. You know, have a book that uh, that you put out. And there's nothing better than being published because you know, like it or not, that's what people look for to to prove uh, to themselves and to read something that shows that you, in fact, do know what you're talking about, and um, have developed a a methodology <clears throat> that could be useful for me or my team or my organization. Some real wisdom in there. Uh, and do you, um, when you say be, uh, be published, um, a lot of people ask me this question, should I self-publish or, or should I have a publisher? I was interested in what well, you Well, obviously, if you can get a publisher and a well-known publisher, knock yourself out. Do that first and foremost. But it's more and more difficult to achieve that. Um, and if you're not able to achieve that, all is not lost, you know. Uh, there's a lot of avenues to self-publish and um, <clears throat> get those in the in there are ways for you to get your books distributed if you're self-published as well. And then, of course, you have those books to to sell uh, when you're on site at an organization, or the bot you send a copy off to whoever is the the boss or the person who is the meeting planner, and send them your book and say, "Gee, what about having your 300 people who are going to be at this conference read this book before I show up and then we'll do a breakout session or maybe even make make it set up so that instead of having a distinction between a keynote fee and a half-day fee, just say, hey, I have a half-day fee. Whether you get a keynote or a half-day, it's the same. So you might as well bring me in for a keynote and then let's have a roll-up uh, roll the sleeves uh, breakout session 
and worked very specifically on on applying these principles to um, what's going on in each person's uh, day-to-day um, work situation. Wonderful. I've been taking notes there, Jonathan. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> I mean, I've been taking some notes too. You should see all the notes I have on the questions you gave me. <laughs> so I just, um, we've just got now a sort of, uh, two or three minutes till close and I'm including in that I need to sort of wrap up um, I just wonder what sort of people should connect with you and Big Speak well um, primarily um, we're looking for folks as I've mentioned published you know you've done speaking if you've refined your game um, you're a paid speaker already um, and <clears throat> so when you know if you you know obviously if you're somebody who's a you know, a, prof- a professor and well-published, you know, you've got a PhD, all of that's well and good. Um, we, we look for folks who have a great balance between fabulous knowledge and a, you know, a really strong, dynamic, interesting, passionate presentation um, so that folks, uh, you know, walk away you know, juiced. They're not falling asleep. They're they're excited about the topic, and they're um, actually um, um, have some tools to use. And many times we found it's successful when keynotes are being delivered <clears throat> to break them up into not just an hour long talk, but let's let's talk for maybe twenty minutes, and then take some time, take ten minutes to actually turn to somebody else at your table or your neighbor. And discuss what was just um, just spoken about, and how could that apply to something in my life or in my work life? Um, and then another twenty minutes of, of 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 a lecture takes place, and then another ten minutes of okay, let's let's actually work what was talked about um, from the podium. And that way, it isn't just uh, you walk away from you know sixty minutes of somebody talking at you. Because not at, not not all the time can you do a breakout session. Sometimes it's like okay, there's an hour slot. <clears throat> well, that's kind of the TED model, if you will, where there's a twenty minute talk, ten minute breakout, twenty minute talk, ten minute breakout. That that's a powerful new model that uh, some companies are ha- like like Microsoft are having very good success with. Love that, Jonathan. I'm just going to ask you very quickly. I'm going to have to uh, move on. And do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? Just uh, continue to you know refine your game um, through what I would call rigorous self-reflection. You know, ask for feedback. Hey, how am I doing? Be open. And many times, go to the people who you're least comfortable with and say, Hey, you know, I'm interested in in growing. I have a sense just based on our past conversations that you might have some useful information for me <clears throat> and I'm very open to hearing from you how I might improve my game and uh, I'd like you to speak to me frankly and get that feedback and then get going on uh, improving yourself and making the shifts that will make you a more open, more uh, a better listener and somebody who engages, empowers and encourages um, oneself but also encourages one's uh, teammates and co-workers. Wonderful. Jonathan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, Likewise. I've really appreciated being with you, Chris, and thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to, uh, to be with your listeners, and I hope that we can do this again. 
And just remember Big Speak for uh, big experts for big results. Wonderful. And that's bigspeak.com. So Thanks. thank you, Jonathan Wygant. And if you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. If you want to speak to Jonathan, uh, you can do that via bigspeak.com. Um, and ne- the next show next week, we have uh, Jeremy Nicholas on the show. Uh, Jeremy is a, uh, in, in this country, is a very well known MC, speaker. He was even um, for many years the, uh, the speaker at, for West Ham Football Club um, and used to be, be uh, host their event so we're going to talk about how to be more entertaining and engaging in business because he uses humor a lot so that will be a another fascinating show but once again thanks so much to jonathan and to big speak thank you for listening to be more achieve more please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time typically 4 p.m london on the voice america business channel Enjoy your week.